12 minutes it is after 8 p.m. Now, interesting one here, I guess, as we kick off our tech conversations. You'd remember, early on in our conversations with Amakesha, we were asking ourselves, you know, when they find oil and gas discoveries off our coastline, uh, I mean, who, who says go and find it there in a certain place or whatever? And Veach has been very kind and generous to share his knowledge on that score. And Pravich there on Twitter saying, uh, well, they know where the oil, gas and gold is, etc., because of geoscientists. And they analyze the physical phenomena of the Earth's crust and, and deeper and then make informed decisions. It's, it's uh, something really that we should look at. I agree with you there, Vij, and uh, might be worth speaking, uh, I guess, uh, to the um, Geosciences Council to also ask uh, a localization-related question, which is, you know, see Pitinabandwalapa in South Africa when it comes to these particular discoveries. But we'll certainly shift our attention from that now and talk uh, uh, briefly about the Gauteng Smart Mobility 2030 plan. And I'm joined to talk about this and, of course, uh, some of its uh, implications for the transport networks in our province by Jacob Mamabulo, who's the MSc for Public Transport and Roads Infrastructure in the province of Gauteng. Mr. Mamabulo, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening to you, to all the listeners, and let me also just thank you very much for the opportunity. As always, as always, uh, certainly a long time since I spoke to you. And I want us maybe to start off here. Yeah, um, you have been keeping social distancing away no, from me. No, 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 not at all, <clears throat> you know, not at all. I think uh, we, we, you've quarantined was, yourself, uh, I think. It was, was two <laughs> kilometers, it was not <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 Jacob, I want us to start here. I mean, um, you know, when we talk about a smart mo- mobility plan, talk to me about the process of putting a plan like this together and maybe what objectives you would want to achieve uh, just as you start putting the plan together before you even have a crystallized plan to speak of. So let me quickly say to you that in 2019, <clears throat> we had um, an opportunity to participate in the city of Tswani, we were hosting uh, in Mainland Maine an international conference called uh, Smart Mobility. And um, uh, this year, just yesterday, as we were launching our Smart Mobility um, document, uh, the conference also took place uh, in our province. We were hosting it. But before, on the eve of the lockdown, <coughs> We uh, held a workshop to look at uh, uh, the premier uh, and the provincial government's uh, roadmap and vision called Growing Houting Together 2030. The premier launched this in his uh, state of the province address. So as a department, we had to look at, okay, so what is our contribution and what is going to be our roadmap to make Growing Houting Together as objectives realized. So we then started early this year to look at then what is going to be our contribution. And then during the lockdown, we were deep and hard at work. And uh, that is why um, <clears throat> yesterday we were able to unveil a document that has gone through a lot of iteration, checks, verification, and uh, making sure that we have got a good program uh, to give to the people of our province. So there's really been work done to put mm. this together. And I guess it's important, I mean, to think about this if we consider that 60% of our national freight traffic goes through the province of South, of uh, Gauteng, uh, even in the context of, I guess, uh, being one of the smaller provinces by land mass 
Um, when, when we think about smart mobility, I mean, maybe talk us through the constituent parts there, because, you know, someone like me might just be thinking that it has to do with passenger rail, maybe minibus taxis, um, and, uh, you know, if we're lucky on the freight side of things, freight rail and, uh, you know, road, rail, uh, road freight as well. So let's do it this way. Let's break it down like this. What are the mischiefs? What are the problems we are trying to solve? Mm. And how are we going to solve them? So let me try to answer these two questions quickly. <clears throat> One of the biggest threats to Houghton's economy, given its size geographically and uh, its land, uh, land mass, as we've already said, the smallest province, massive vehicle population, uh, key roads to almost everywhere interface here. Mm. So we have got problem number one, congestion. Uh, most people may not be aware how train has actually helped us a lot because it has taken, I can say, uh, the, the most conservative figure in a day, how train would have taken about 40,000 vehicles off the road. If we were to bring, let me leave 30,000, if we were to bring additional 10,000 cars back onto the road, um, we will not be able to travel on our province. So congestion, it's the biggest enemy and threat to our economy. There are already certain uh, big uh, multinational companies that are critical to our economy. Some of them are beginning to say they want to leave because their trips in the province to work, to airport, to key places, they can't move. Their goods to major destinations can't move. And, that, uh, just, and then you have got ESCOM. So congestion is one big problem, much even bigger. Um, so that's one issue. We have a high rate of accidents. Traveling on our roads uh, is very dangerous. Uh, fatalities, crashes, so that's another issue. The whole world is talking about pollution, protecting uh, the environment and the climate uh, for future generations. And uh, we are signatories to the Paris Agreement 2030. We need to start showing. As the biggest economy in the country, we need to play our part. One of the biggest polluters and sources of greenhouse gas emissions is the road network. So we need to also make sure that we demonstrate by migrating people slowly from the road, by, by, by migrating freight from the road onto the rail line will be reducing the extent of pollution and meeting our global and international commitments. The other issue, we have just released a survey, you might be aware, last week, with CSIR, what we call the Houting Household Travel Survey. It says the time people take on the road, the time goods take on the road has increased. Mm. So it means that trips are longer purely in terms of time. That speaks sure, to the last sure. point, which is cost. Okay. So productivity Jacob, Jacob, of let's workers do this. Let's do this. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Jacob. Unfortunately, we've got uh, a spot break nearing on us, and I, and I don't want to sort of cut you off as, uh, as as we near that. So let's take the spot break, and I'll allow you to complete the point around the cost implications uh, that uh, uh, a policy like this would want to respond to. Yeah, let's see how Chief is doing. 
It's our Tech Conversation segment, and uh, this evening we're talking about the Smart Mobility 2030 plan for the province of Gauteng. I'm joined by Jacob Mamabolo, MEC for Public Transport and Roads Infrastructure in Gauteng. MEC, let me allow you the opportunity to uh, conclude the point you were making around, I guess, uh, some of the key problems, uh, or, uh, or I guess the critical features of the problem statement that this mobility plan is trying to respond to. So I've mentioned five points, and then I just want to conclude by how are we going to do this? Sure. One is uh, we are saying um, we want, because remember, the space called Gauteng, uh, it's actually based on the history of gold. And uh, gold has had what was called the gold rush period. Those were the good days that generated money to essentially build what you call Gauteng. But remember, gold is gone, it's not coming back. So that's why we are saying the how part of growing out in together through smart mobilities in three, in four ways. The first one is that we need to build smart institutions, our department, uh, how train management agency, chief fleet, and uh, now we have the Houghton Transport Authority, which is the authority to integrate all forms of transport in the province. The second issue that we are raising is that um, um, road in, uh, transport infrastructure, in particular roads. Any serious economy is linked to markets locally and internationally through roads and rail and, of course, other forms of transport. But in our case, the core currently is roads. And so the point we're making is roads are critical to grow the economy of our province. We are... Uh, projecting a spend of about $23 billion over 10 years uh, mm. in, in our roads. And um, one of the things that we have not done well as a province over the years was we're not good on managing road infrastructure. There are sure. private investors, property developers. Um, a waterfall, if I were just to give you an example, of uh, Allendale Road. Mm. Since that development, more of Africa and the neighboring areas, that whole environment can't grow and expand because um, Allendale Road is one lane. Uh, we need to make it a dual carrier to broaden uh, its capacity to carry volumes in and out. The developments in that area, further developments are trapped by lack of a, a pastors department mm. um, to open up the road there. Um, there's a multi-billion project in the um, uh, city of Tuan, Wonderpoom. Multi-billion, big project called Rainbow Junction. It's a new city there. It is held up back by us coming to the party to confirm our contribution to a bridge that is required to connect that new so, city with the other part. So there is a Val River city in Sidibeng. Mm. It's held back by the connecting road. That is. So the point I'm trying to make is just with transport infrastructure, we are holding back the economy of this province. I can go see, on with the on that point. Side. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I think, I think let, let's engage the road one because I think just with the examples you've mentioned, it has extensive implications. And I want to maybe link that, I mean, to the special adjustment budget we saw and even the MTPPS today. Um, if, if there's, I guess sort of no clarity around the contribution of government, even in instances where blended financing has come on board, developers have come on board, and we're seeing now 4.7 billion rand set to be cut 
in uh, uh, this financial year and beyond uh, on uh, transport, which also includes some of the provincial roads that you would oversee as well. Uh, surely that complicates, uh, I guess, the ability to execute on a mobility plan like the one you've put together. Remember, let's not forget and let me emphasize, the president, the minister of finance, the premier of the province, the mayors, all of us agree to grow the economy prior to COVID-19, to take the economy out of the problems caused by COVID-19. What is our leading key driver of economic growth with capacity for multiplier positive impact across over the years into the economy? We have all voted for infrastructure. So the road network is at the center of infrastructure. So money is going to be spent on infrastructure, even in the context of the difficulties that are there. So we, I can assure you... MEC, the point I'm making is that even in this context now, there have been consolidation and reductions of budgets. And one of the areas that has been hardest hit is some of the provincial allocations for the upgrade and maintenance and repair of our existing infrastructure. How much more, I guess, with uh, some of the newer roads that are needed to unlock some of the developments you were mentioning? Yes, but 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 uh, good point you're making. But I'm just saying we must not we must not miss the point that infrastructure that includes roads is the backbone of driving the economy. Second to that, mm. I'm, I've already said to you, private sector has money of their own which does not depend on government. They just need us to work with them and to support them. They will mm-hmm. make their contribution. That tells you, if we are to do a road like uh, the bridge I'm talking about in Rainbow Junction, the road in uh, Allendale, the private sector will also make a contribution to meet us halfway because that road holds everything back for them. So mm-hmm. in order to deal with the challenge of um, a lack of a revenue and the restraint on the public pass, the option is work closer with the private sector that has been knocking on our door and they found our door sealed, closed, and uh, they've clearly made this point to me when I met with them two months ago. So to complement the limited resources and the constraint in the fiscal because of poor performance in the economy. Partnerships, nothing but partnerships, Mm. are what is going to help us spend the little that we may have with the private sector we are much more better working together. Sure, sure. MEC, I mean, I, I guess the question I was raising is not uh, only specific to the road sector. We've seen similar reductions across the board uh, for bus rapid transit systems. Um, and maybe you wanted to make a point on the rail uh, part of this particular mobility plan and some of the key features of that. So let us take a freight, movement of goods. Um, last month I went to Deben. It was... Um, on a Saturday and Sunday, I met with the MEC uh, of Transport, MEC in Thule. We went to the Deben Harbor. We went to Richards Bay because we are worried about the movement of trucks in our province mm-hmm. and also the movement of these trucks because 60% of freight is here in our province. So some of the issues that are going to ignite the economy at no big cost to government is on the M3... 
uh, around Fos Lores. There's a private developer there that has invited uh, invest other investors to put together a smart terminal system to move goods by rail from Houghton Province into uh, Nelson Mandela Bay um, and then, of course, into Durban. That project is worth $2.5 billion. Mm-hmm. Most of it is a private sector contribution. That project, over 15 years, it is going to give us the biggest economy uh, in the province. Its contribution is huge. So the point I'm trying to show you is we just have, like the city of Ikuruleni, they're already pulling pipes. We are bringing roads to support that initiative, roads that are funded. The, the money for them is there. So that project, if it succeeds, it has the potential to make sure that goods that go to Devon Harbour and Richards Bay and um, uh, Nelson Mandela Bay, particularly Kuha, those will travel by rail, making rail the backbone of uh, freight. Because currently, rail infrastructure has been damaged and the private sector is abandoning rail. The mm. cost of transporting goods by rail, I'm told, has increased much more bigger than using road. And uh, the time it takes, a, a 22 hours to travel, to transport goods from out into Devon and back, uh, 22 hours road takes 18 hours. So the private sector has moved to the road, and you can see what it is doing uh, to sure, traffic in Houghton. Sure. So yeah. the issue I'm trying to say to you is that there is an initiative. Uh, Ikurulen is putting pulling pipes of bulk. That project is going to do massive, massive impact on making sure that rail becomes the backbone. We have how trains. We are the only province in this country that is running a smart rail system. So, mm-hmm. and it will be expanding, going to Soweto. It is part of the presidential key uh, uh, catalytic project. It is going to Mamilodi. How train is planned to come into the townships. That mm-hmm. is going to be yet another massive investment uh, in Prasa? our province. Look at what. Prasa? I mean, just for the working class. No, no, I'm just asking. I mean, uh, as we see a foray into more parts for the Khao train, I'm quite interested in what uh, the passenger rail agency uh, in the province and uh, what impact that is going to have as part of these plans. Well, uh, uh, the issue of Prasa, what we have said in our smart mobility document is if there was to be flexibility to test uh, the capacity of provinces to run efficient metro rail system. We have made a, a, a point to national government that we are running one of the best run trains in the whole world. And therefore, if we are given the opportunity, we just tap into the skills and the opportunities that are there in how train, and we think we can be able to run a very good metro rail system. But currently, Prasa metro rail are outside our scope, but uh, we are also engaged in national to say, sure. allow us, it can't be right, that we are running our train, its performance on time and uh, availability, reliability, both exceed 98%. It can't be right that we have got a smart train system that the whole world is admiring, are coming here to learn, but we have got one of the most worst poorly run metro mm, systems for, for the class. overwhelming majority of mm. the working class and the poor that depend on mm. it. We may not make Prasa how train, but I can tell you with the skills that we have, 
with the capacity that we have and the experience, we can bring it more percentages, 10 times better, and make it reliable and available to the people. MEC, unfortunately, we have run out of time for our conversation. And maybe the last question I, w- I would ask you is where the residents of Gauteng and uh, South Africans more broadly can be able to access this plan, just to read it and engage with it, uh, and of course engage with yourselves as a department as well on the basis of that. So the document uh, was circulated widely yesterday. We have got a hard copy, we have got an electronic copy. Uh, our good uh, um, members of the Portfolio Committee on Transport led by uh, 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 Mr. Dagile, they have already committed that their contribution is going to take this document to the townships, to people to debate it. So people can get it on our website, but we are going to not wait for them to come. We are going Mm -hmm. to make copies, take it to the people. This is not a document based on orthodoxy. It's a document that is a working document. People can challenge us, can engage us, can actually criticize us as long as it is constructive. It can be Mm. as robust as possible. And then we're going to the people who have launched it precisely to say, let the conversation start. I'm going to make sure that we send you a copy tomorrow. Okay. MEC, let's leave it. I'm not saying it on it. But I'm just saying I'm going to press a button, send no, it to send you it. No, send it. No, send it. Commitment I made, commitment will be kept. We want that soft copy, and I'm going to come back, uh, Xasa, and tell the people whether or not you sent it. But uh, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Kelebo uh, Hakomanis. Hey, yeah, thanks, thanks for that last <laughs> week. I feel at home. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Let me say to you, can I, sorry, sorry, now that you have, you have I know you don't have time. Communism in the South African context means public transport that serves the people. That's you know, Soviet Union says especially the working class. Socialism is electricity, electricity plus the Soviet system. I'm saying socialism in our country is public transport plus democracy. That is the context. Thank you very much. Gosga Kulu, Jacob Mamabolo, the MEC of, for Public Transport and Roads Infrastructure in Gauteng. And uh, I guess uh, what the point is making there, I mean, uh, how does that chime up to what we saw in that budget? I mean, 4.7 billion rand uh, in-year adjustments, downward revisions for the transport uh, uh, sector. And uh, the biggest chunk of that, Kapazela uh, Prasa. And uh, I know and I understand Prasa hasn't been, hasn't been spending some of their capital budgets, uh, very unpatriotic to do so, uh, due to all of the issues that we've spoken about on this particular platform. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if, if, if the hit is going to come from there, and we're talking about smart mobility to 2030, but Ngoku, 2020, taking money away from passenger rail that in particular services working class, the, the kind of provincial road infrastructure upgrades that service the working class uh, alongside economic and commercial interests, then uh, makes it very difficult. To look further, that is Jongo 2030, makes it seem like we're navel-gazing. But you might have a different view. I'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll certainly come back to you tomorrow and tell you if the MEC there has shared uh, that uh, soft copy of that. Uh, we'd love to hear that there from uh, Jacob Mamabolo, MEC for uh, Public Transport and Roads Infrastructure in Gauteng. We're going to take a quick break now, and uh, when we come back, we take a look at, uh, in, un, in our Under the Microscope segment, the medium-term budget policy statement. But before we do that, we get reflections from the Deputy Finance Minister, uh, Dr. David Masondo, reflecting on the budget, and uh, I guess in relation to what Jacob Mamabolo was raising, uh, another gentleman who's a socialist himself.